Welcome back to On the Record. I'm Sheila Cast. Here's a stoop story from Patty Artuleta about rekindling lost love. 1981, I returned to Baltimore after living in Arizona where I had been laid off. I was able to transfer my unemployment benefits to Maryland where I qualified for an occupational training program at Catonsville Community College, now CCBC. The OTC, the Occupational Training Center, held its uh, orientation on campus in in a trailer, and it was led in part by the occupational training uh, academic skills instructor, who was a tall, handsome man with salt and pepper hair and a smart wit. After a few weeks in his class and spending some time on smoke breaks together, a deep friendship had emerged. A little while later, I tested out of his class and made my way across campus to the printing program. On the rare occasion we would cross paths, we were always very happy to see each other. 1992, I graduate from the OTC and get hired on campus at the newfangled Mac Lab to teach and to substitute at the OTC. With more time and closer proximity, we decided to spend some time getting to know each other, going to lunch, and taking walks. After, after some time, our feelings deepened. And I have to tell you right now, I was in a five-year relationship that was flailing. I was with someone who was an accomplished alcoholic. And my friend, my friend was in a troubled marriage with twin preschoolers. This proximity allowed us time to take longer walks and have longer dinners and to really get to know each other and to explore the depth of our connection. But wait, there's a marriage and children involved. 1993. I pick up gigs teaching and designing around town at the Catonsville Times, the city paper, Baltimore Resources. You name it, I was in my car doing freelance work at all the publications before I finally landed a gig as associate art director at Baltimore Magazine. And I left my flailing relationship and moved to Charles Village. We didn't see much during that time, see each other very much during that time, but it was the days before email and cell phones, so we wrote a lot. He would write me poetry, and I would send him mixtapes. <laughs> mixtapes, right? Um, 1994, we decide it's time to call it quits. It's too painful to have the unrealized love And plus, his family really does deserve a chance, his marriage and his kids. So we say goodbye. 1996, let me make my... 1996, I moved back to Arizona. 1997, I get married and have a baby. 1998, my little boy presents with a a radical seizure disorder of over 100 seizures a day with a profound developmental regression. And I realized, well, I know a lot about art and design. I don't know anything about early childhood development. And I start my slow roll towards a college degree. 2000, my son is successfully treated with a ketogenic diet at the Pediatric Epilepsy Center at Johns Hopkins. Woo, Hopkins. (laughs) And he was subsequently diagnosed with autism. And at that point, I tweaked my education to include early intervention. From 2000 to 2006, I spent my time advocating for my son and navigating a really challenging marriage. 2007, 
Six months into a messy separation and headed for divorce, I had been cheated on, gaslighted, and my emotions were torn apart. I ditched my wedding ring in favor of a let freedom ring. It was a... It was a beautiful ring. It's a garnet with two gold bars and a unique silver setting. And for me, it was so representational of where I was. I wanted to be true to myself. I wanted to live my authentic self and to live out loud. So I had also made more traction on my journey toward a bachelor's degree, and I was close to achieving that at Prescott College where they give credit for life experience. And I realized I could take that time spent at the OTC and turn that into lived, college lived experience. So on my way back to Baltimore during the summer of 2007 to visit my mom, who had been getting older and quite ill, I decided that it was time to look up my old love, who, as it turned out, still worked at the college. And we made plans to have lunch at the Double T Diner. Um, to find out that the OTC had lost its funding years before and all the documents destroyed. So we decide that we're going to collaborate and try to cobble those contact hours together to get me the credit for life experience. As we walk back to our cars, I look over and I see that tears have welled up in his eyes. And I reached over for his hand and I asked if he was okay. He shook his head and he said, I can't imagine you walking out of my life again. Can, can I see you before you leave? In my own awkwardness and response, I said, sure, and made my way back to the car. <laughs> <clears throat> I went back to my mom's for several hours, churning over my own emerging emotions, before I called him later in the evening to ask if he wanted to go for some ice cream. Well, it turns out 11 o'clock at night is not a really great time to find an open ice cream parlor. But we were right on time to spend the night sitting on my mom's couch, reliving our recent heartaches and rekindling old flames. I was leery. I was a mess. I had been through so much. But nonetheless, we spent the, le the next week spending time together, rebuilding our relationship, our friendship, and building trust. And that summer of 2007, I was courted every day after dinner to an ice cream cone as we figured out the logistics of how to build a life together. 2023, we're celebrating 16 years together. And thank you. And 31 years since we first met. It's been We've parented through adolescence. We've navigated menopause, the loss of parents. We've done it all together. When we got back together, we realized that we had kept old letters from back in the day. And this one was the last one I wrote to him in 1994. A brief excerpt. <laughs> Could you, would you, perhaps do you? Yikes, those are big words. I could, would, and do love you too. If you so desired, I would wait until the end of the world, or at least the end of the century, to be with you. And I did. I waited until the end of the millennium. And I, <laughs> I couldn't be happier. And as a result of cultivating this story for the stoop, we have decided to make it official and tie the knot in spring of 24, 2024. 
And if there had been enough tickets and space tonight, we would have gotten married right here. (laughs) That was a stoop story from Patty Archuleta about rediscovering love separated by long years and fast distances. The next stoop storytelling event is March 6th. It's called Failing Up. Rising Stronger from Professional Failures and will be held at the Johns Hopkins Carey Business School. And join the Stoop Storytelling series in partnership with the Maryland School for the Blind for See Beyond, stories about dismantling the disability narrative. That will be on Friday, March 15th. We've got more information about the Stoop Storytelling series, including live events and the Stoop podcast at the On the Record page at wypr.org. On the Records Director and Engineer is Ashley Sterner. Maureen Harvey, Melissa Gear, and Sam Burmas Dawes produced the program. John Ahrens wrote and recorded the On the Record theme music. I'm your host, Sheila Cast. So happy you're with us on the record on WYPR. Have a sweet Valentine's Day and make it sweet for someone else. <laughs>